In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey listeners, Jeff Zimfer, how are you doing? Well, welcome. You've arrived. Here we are, April 2019, right? January 1st, and here we are. We've now entered Q2. How's it going? Have you checked in? Are you on track? Is your plane, is your nose pointed in the right direction? A slight adjustment either way determines where you wind up. So make sure you're checking in on a regular basis that your activities are pointed in the right direction and that your activities are consistent and persistent enough so as to produce results. Are you busy or are you making real progress? Check in. You know, one of the hallmarks of high performing people is knowing your numbers, knowing how many conversations lead to a loan app that lead to a closed loan, how many meetings with realtors lead to real engagement, lead to actual referrals. Start tracking your numbers. And oftentimes, the answer to how do I grow my business simply comes back to these two simple things talk to more people, get better at the people already talking with. So, that said, if you're interested in getting better and if you want to make sure you arrive at your de destination in 2019, hey, this show, the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast, is brought to you, as always, by the Mortgage Marketing Pro Membership, where we're helping loan originators stay relevant, grow their referrals, make more money with less frustration and in less time. And we do that by equipping them with leveraged activities, such as teaching agent classes and equipping them with compelling content, classes, systems, and processes that have been proven to accelerate the success with which loan officers have in meeting and converting real estate agents to productive re referral partners. So that's one aspect of that. The other aspect of it, of course, is we do provide scripting for reducing rate shoppers, getting better conversions with realtor meetings. We do provide uh, modern mortgage originator training. Imagine this, right? Taking some self-paced video module course that help you get educated in how to set up a YouTube channel, how to set up your Instagram page, how to optimize your Facebook page. How about how to run Facebook ads and include some Facebook ad templates and the targeting options with that. 
all under one umbrella in the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership. I put up a eight-minute video that gives you all the details about that. You can learn more at mortgagemarketing.pro. And of course, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Industry Syndicate. What is the Industry Syndicate, you ask? It is Real Estate's first media network. Content, shows, podcasts, flash briefings, and more, all real estate and mortgage focused. If you're into self-educating, if you're into right learning and you like to digest audio and video forms of content, check out the Industry Syndicate. They've got some more good stuff for you over there. All right, on to this week's special guest honored to have this gentleman here. There is a movement afoot out there, people. I don't know if you've heard it, seen it, felt it, but it's happening. And that movement is, is coming back to the growth and resurgence of the mortgage broker community. Now, I started my career, many of you don't know, at a mortgage broker shop way back in 2003, I think it was. And so I have a pretty good sense of what the mortgage broker environment was, what it became, and more importantly, it was what it's now becoming anew in its new resurgence, if you will. And there's some really cool things happening. And so Anthony Casa, who is he? He's the founder and chairman of the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, otherwise known as AIM. Uh, He's also the president of Garden State Home Loans, which is a mortgage broker based out of New Jersey that he founded in 2011 and developed into the one, one of the top mortgage brokerages in the country based on annual closed volume. And you'll interestingly hear Anthony's story about the record month they had I think you'd be pretty blown away about the about the amount of volume they were doing with such a small operation. But here's the thing. What's really put Anthony on the map of late is in 2017, he founded Brawl. We're going to talk about Brawl. What is that? No, it's not a bar brawl or a fight that you get into, although in some cases it has turned into that, unfortunately, a little bit on social media. But Brawl is brokers rallying against hotel lending. What the heck does that mean? Anthony's going to tell you about that. And then, of course, Anthony's latest vision is AIM. Right, the Association for Independent Mortgage Executives that champions the independent mortgage professionals and doing a lot of things that are consumer focused and helping those that are considering uh, transitioning their business into be in either working for a mortgage broker or becoming a mortgage broker. You've got to hear more about what Anthony's doing there. This um, ecosystem called Arrive, A R I V E. Anthony's going to tell us about that. It's a fully integrated broker environment. Imagine this. Those of you who've been in the broker world before, you can remember when you had all the fragmented uh, different uh, you know, things you needed to, to, to uh, engage with and try and stitch together different platforms and tools to actually put a loan on, to get pricing, to fund and all that stuff. Well, Anthony and his team have solved that with Arrive. It is an LOS. It's a point of sale. It's a CRM powered by Salesforce pricing engine, lender connectivity, digital document storage, all in one place, including this great ecosystem of like-minded professionals, all focused on being the best professionals they can be and providing the best service and product to the end user consumer. That's what it's all about. And lots of things happening afoot with Arrive, with AIM, with Anthony, and really amazing stuff there. So I wanted to bring Anthony on in today's session to educate you, the listener, about mortgage brokerage, the difference between that and retail, you know, what's happening, what to be aware of, and then that this isn't a big us versus them, right? There's enough space in the world for everybody to get a piece of the pie. And so, as you know, I'm the chief truth seller here at Mortgage Marketing Radio, and I wanted to bring the truth to you guys. And so, Anthony, I and I, I do believe we do a good job of unpacking the truth on this episode and helping provide you some context as to what's happening in the mortgage broker space, what's happening with AIM to hopefully, you know, um, approach this from a 
take the high road in the conversations about, you know, uh, different options for you and your career as a mortgage professional. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this episode and we provide links to everything in the show notes. I will tell you, Anthony's got a couple of events coming up. If you're interested in attending, uh, one of them is uh, in Florida on the 17th of April. There's uh, links in the show notes. It's AIM Workshop. They had about a thousand originators, uh, mortgage professionals uh, attend the one in Irvine that I went to. This one's in Florida on April 17th and there's links in the show notes. Uh, and also there's another one coming up in October, which I highly encourage you to attend. And it is called Fuse, F-U-Z-F-U-S-E. And it's the second time they're doing this. Two keynote speakers this year in October at the Bellagio in Las Vegas, Ryan Serhant and Gary Vaynerchuk. Have you heard of them? Get your tickets now. They're available. And you can learn more by checking the show notes. Uh, fuse.aimgroup.com is the website. And if you just want to go to AIM, there's aimgroup.com. Remember, AIM is A-I-M-E. Go to aimgroup.com, check it all out. And let's get into this week's show. Anthony, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. So for those that are listening, um, how about a brief introduction? Anthony Casa, who are you? What are you all about? I know you're passionate about the mortgage business, but just give us kind of the brief background you know, your journey in the mortgage space and what's led you up to uh, heading up AIM now? Uh, so I started uh, in the mortgage business uh, in 2003. Uh, I've been in the mortgage business for now 15 years. Um, loan officer, sales manager, branch manager, started my own mortgage brokerage in 2011, which was Garden State Home Loans, uh, which became one of the top brokers in the country. I recently sold my, my mortgage brokerage, but I started uh, Brawl, which was a grassroots call to action for mortgage brokers, um, which kind of was a very provocative uh, national campaign that got a ton of attention and kind of, I I guess, put me on the map with brokers on a national level. Mm. And then we started AIM just literally one year ago this month. And AIM is a, you know, it's, it's, it's a trade association, but I think it's a little bit more than that. It's become sort of like the, uh, the mortgage broker community place, um, you know, where we, we have a lot of call to actions. We do a lot of ag- advocacy stuff, but more than that, it's like sort of like, you know, we do events, we do, uh, we have social media groups. It's, it's really a place where brokers feel comfortable and, and kind of, you know, treat it like they're, it's, it's their company almost. It's, you know, this mm-hmm. is where they go to get information, share information when they're struggling to get motivated, all that good stuff. So um, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, we have a lot of exciting things that we're working on. I think brokers are for the first time in a little while, um, really, really not only relevant when it comes to in the mortgage industry, but I think everybody has sort of got mortgage broker on the tip of their tongue these days. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so let's do this. Let's uh, tackle the acronyms for those listening. Let's take Brawl first. What does that stand for? So, <laughs> Bra- so Brawl stands for Brokers Rallying Against Wholetail Lending. Okay. And um, the, the concept there is wholetail means, uh, you know, there's there are lenders that are wholesale lenders, uh, but the reason why they're in the wholesale channel is they, you know, ingest loans from mortgage brokers. They close loans for those mortgage brokers, and the minute that they close those loans, their call centers are churning those loans, repurposing those loans for their own purposes. So, like right now, is, is a prime example of when wholesale lenders do very well. Is over the last you know ten weeks, we've seen the ten-year Treasury drop you know sixty basis points, and right now we're at a very low point. So in, in an opportunity like this, a company, um, and I won't name names today, but one of them uh, is out there in Detroit, big, uh, big uh, retail lender that we all know on, online. And what they'll do is rates drop like this, 
call center goes into action and every single customer that closed in the last, you know, six to 18 months is going to get a call to, to potentially refi. And by the time the mortgage broker has the opportunity to call that customer because they're obviously, they don't have a call center. They don't have the technology that a, uh, a company like that has. By the time they get in touch with them, it's too late. They've already closed. So wholesale lending is a wholesale lender that is in it for retail purposes. And um, basically the brokers rallying against wholesale lenders was an action where we brought um, a lot of attention to the subject. And I would say that in the last two years, We've seen a very dynamic market shift in the wholesale channel that has led to national implications. Um, but you know, the lenders that were wholesale lenders, a lot of them have changed their business practices. We worked just this week. Um, John Gibson was on uh, another podcast and he was talking about how we worked with Caliber Home Loans. They were a lender that when we came out, we said, hey, these guys are a wholesale lender. Sat down with them, um, literally worked with their people that ran their call centers, the head of retention, the head of consumer direct, redid their entire policies. And over the course of you know six months, we came up with the reconnect program so that every single past customer of a mortgage broker goes back to the mortgage broker. They're very, very serious about it. And in eight months since we rolled that program out, when I say we we or we worked with them, but they rolled it out, they've generated 45,000 reconnect leads back to mortgage brokers in eight months. So if you think right. about that, if that wasn't going back to mortgage brokers, that was staying with the retail channel. So the implications. Yeah and the economics are massive. What's the motivation then for somebody like Caliber to do that, you know, versus just take it direct? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a partnership play, you know, to be honest with you, it's, they make more money if they do it in their call center. So if, if right. they give it back to their the broker, first of all, there's no guarantee that broker is going to bring the loan back to them because they're right. a broker by nature. Um, the second thing is that they make way less money on a, on a wholesale transaction than they would make on a consumer direct transaction. So the reason why they're doing it is if, if it, with the awareness that we brought to the subject, basically brokers have said, we don't care what your price is. We don't care what you're willing to, uh, to do for us. If you're not willing to keep our past customers in touch with us and you're not willing to make a commitment not to solicit them, we won't do business with you. Mm. So as a result of brokers taking that type of you know, action and not doing business with wholesale lenders, essentially what has happened is you know, every lender that previously used to do these things has come back and said, whoa, whoa, whoa we're not going to do those things anymore. We want, we'd rather have your business than no business at all. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen, you know, some of the biggest wholesale lenders in the game have changed their business practices. Some of them have said they've changed their business practices, but actually haven't changed their business practices. Right. So it's still a relevant thing. And to me, this isn't about 2019, even though currently rates are down. Mm. I think this is a long-term situation because what happens is Wholesale for 10 years had zero growth, like literally 8% flat for 10 years. Mm -hmm. and over the last 18 months since we started Brawl, all of a sudden we've seen almost a double of the wholesale channel. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why is it's not that when you well, these lenders aren't soliciting your customer, it's understanding that the pipeline of customers that they stop when they do that because every customer will refer you three to four more customers. Right. So if they're soliciting all your old customers and doing those deals, it's not just those deals they're getting, they're also getting the referrals. Yeah. So, you know, growth is back um, on the mend in the broker channel because at its core, um, this is no longer a business practice that brokers are willing to accept. So you think that um, the whole the wholesale lenders, we'll call them, I'll use your language there, um, they've essentially kind of woken up to, I mean, the word that comes to mind for, for me is the brokers essentially boycotting the wholesale lenders 
And these savvy, you know, wholesale lenders have said, you know what, we're in this for the long play and we'd rather partner with the brokers, give up some, some profit for the bigger picture. Is that what I'm hearing? No. So, no. Right. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, would, I, I would not say boycott because boycott's a bad word. So what I would okay. say accountability is, is really accountability. Hard. All right. Better. Thank you. So, so the thing is this, it's like, if you're in a situation where um, a company is not doing the things that they say they do, or mm-hmm. if at the end of the day, they have a business practice that you weren't necessarily aware of, like I'll compare it to this. And if this is drastic, but it does have plausibility is cigarette companies for years said cigarettes don't cause cancer. Right. So people are sitting there smoking cigarettes, you know, yada, yada. Then all of a sudden cigarettes do cause cancer and it's out there. Well, mm-hmm. once that happened, this is a piece of information that for 30 years, cigarette companies says it didn't cause cancer. So people kept smoking because they're listening to these companies telling them it didn't cause cancer. Once they knew, even though, you know, they still should have known, they stopped doing it. So now you're in a situation where it's like for years, brokers thought that these lenders sold their customers, but now right. it's actually been identified and it's real. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's okay if you still want to work with those lenders. Just understand, I tell brokers all the time, go, if you want to work with those lenders, knock yourself out. Because you now you're making a biz, an informed business decision where you know that they're going to steal your customer, mm. and if you're okay with that, don't complain about it because you're the one choosing to do business with them. You either hold them accountable or you don't hold them accountable. So it's not boycott; it's more about accountability. So, so two thoughts on this. Um, ultimately, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, though. And that's been happening for years because I can even remember work, working at Countrywide back in the day. Right? They would still be kind of doing that, calling my own customer base. So ultimately. It's really up to the, the responsibility of the individual loan officer, broker, professional, whatever, to, to build a fence around that customer. However, what you're saying is it's pretty hard to compete at that level because we don't have the resources, if, if I'm hearing what you said well, correctly. I, mean, really. I, I think there's, there's this, this argument. It's like mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of retail loan officers um, that I talk to say, say this to me all the time. They're like, oh, well, it's your job to stand for your customer. Okay. Yeah. A couple things here. Number one is you're saying that because you work for a company. Mm-hmm. you don't stay in front of your customer and they sell the servicing because you have no control over who they sell the servicing to, that they're going to steal your customer. You have no control over that. You work for one lender. You don't have optionality. So you're stuck. Yeah. So I get that that's your situation. Mm-hmm. But mortgage brokers don't have that situation because what's happened is we have optionality. So a company like UWM, the emergence of them over the last, you know, I guess really the last four years since they've been the number one wholesale lender, um, you know, they have a business practice and they said, listen, we're in it for the broker. We're going to give every lead back. We're going to give every deal back. We're going to do everything we can do to to put the customer in front of the broker. That leader has now made the rest of the other lenders or or most of the other lenders have to respond and either do the same thing or not. But Mm -hmm. now now that's a competitive advantage or disadvantage for people. So, So for me, yes, the broker does need to stay in front of their customer. But the thing that I look at is when you aggregate brokers and loan officers and you actually go to these companies and you say, hey, listen, I understand that you're going to solicit our customer. If I'm one guy and I say, I don't want you to do that, they say, we're, you know, they'll just roll over you. They'll say, we're going to continue your sure. business the way it is. But when 30 to 40,000 people say, hey, listen, we're either going to do business with these good guys that are doing loans the way that they're, that they're willing to commit to long term. Yeah. We're not. They, people do change. So like, I, I, like the way I look at it is like, yeah, this is the way business has always been done. But the reality is once you actually aggregate and take a hard position, you go from being an employee or just accepting the way things are to actually you're negotiating. Like this is truly a negotiation. 
you need, like what, the way I talk to lenders, I say, you need to change your economics. Okay. If that means that your pricing is slightly worse, if that means that you have to adjust your business model in some capacity, if that means that you have to actually invest in training the broker to stay in front of the customer better, adjust, adopt, adapt. Like, like that's the way I look at it. So like there, there is a fundamental like thing in the mortgage business that I think is the reason why disruption is so scary to this business is that the way things have been done is the way they're still done today. Mm. And if you try to challenge it, everybody says, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. And I think with Brawl, we challenged it very hard. And yeah. now all of a sudden the retail guys are saying, it's like, hey, we don't even get our leads back. In our own company, we have a direct-to-consumer channel. They, they, they solicit our own customers. Right. So it, it's an interesting dynamic. But this is, you know, we are, we're influencing change by aggregating people. Yeah, the, what I love about that is, is it proves today that people can create change and rise up. And so, so the brokers got tired of that situation happening and, and you kind of created a platform and gave them a voice and then created a mass, you know, the masses that actually could influence that change with brawl. Right. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the biggest thing is that, uh, they needed like bro- no broker was going to step up and call individually. Out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not, nobody's going to go up against Quicken, right. Freedom, Penny yeah. Mac, Home Depot. like you're just not going to do that. Even, even to be honest, when we started this, um, call to action, like, I did it. I was still a mortgage broker. Obviously, I was in my business shot. I was in my my, my uh, brokerage. And when we put out the press release, and I, you know, made the call to action, and everything. Within a week, I had the legal counsels for yeah. the biggest banks in the country saying, "Hey, listen, dude, we are going to sue the living daylights out of you, and you're going to have <laughs> nothing left." And you know, for me, at the time, I was 32 years old, yeah. four kids you know, a house made good money saving. So you're like, Oh man, you know, I'm going to lose everything if these guys come after me. But the decision that you really have to make is like, either you're going to be another person that gets intimidated and bullied and pushed into a corner and let this whole thing that's going on continue, or you're just going to go all in on it. And my decision was like, listen, I'm going to put my blinders on. And if they sue me, they sue me. And if I lose everything, I lose everything, but I'm going to see this thing through. So, you know, to me, you know, eventually brokers saw how powerful that was and, and yeah. the support is, is almost unbreakable right now. Yeah. And you've got people rallying behind your movement as well. And that's, what's awesome. And that's really what you've created is a movement. Um, you ought to come up uh, for another acronym for like balls, you know, because <laughs> you got brawl and then you got balls. Man. That's what <laughs> we are working on it. There's a couple other acronyms we're working on too. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Well, that's a good backstory on brawl um, for those that, you know, because I've talked to a number of people and they weren't unaware with, you know, what that meant. So thank you for that, which now leads us to AIM. Um, kind of bring us forward to AIM. What is that acronym? And tell us really what's the purpose of AIM. So AIM is the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. And um, basically what led to AIM was when we started Brawl, the, first of all, we didn't expect the support that we got. Um, yeah. We had such a large amount of support. I mean, within 90 days of starting Brawl, we had over 10,000 mortgage brokers uh, following us, supporting us, um, basically telling lenders that they, you know, that they need to change their business practices. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it was like, it was great to have a grassroots movement, but you need an organization. You need to be right. have something wrapped around. So we started AIM. It's a nonprofit trade association for uh, independent mortgage brokers exclusively. Mm. And, and, and to me, at its core, I focus on the originator. Um, I, you know, I, I think the layers in the industry is what causes disruption. And, and it's also what causes um, market shifts. Mm. So what, what, when 
10 years ago when Dodd-Frank happened and the housing crisis, all that stuff, the reason why 80,000 loan officers left the broker channel and went to the, the, the bank, retail banking channel mm-hmm. is because at that time, the broker channel was not a good option. Lenders right. had left the channel. They weren't treated well. Their regulation was very scary. Um, it wasn't a good time to be a broker. Everybody went to be a retail banker. And at that time, that was a great platform for, for a trader because there weren't all these layers. Most of these companies were in their infancy stages or early stages, you know, movement mortgage guaranteed rate. Like back then, they weren't, they didn't have regionals and divisionals and all these freaking layers where everybody's making all this money. <laughs> but over the course of 10 years, you add a layer, add a layer, add a layer. All these people come on board. And the problem is, at the end of the day, the person that has to sell that rate that covers all that margin is the loan officer. And they're the ones dealing with the consumer. And the reason why there's margin compression right now is because, A, the market's contracted by you know 20%, 25%. And um, there's there's less customers out there. There's just as much competition. And all of a sudden, these guys are like, I, like consumers are smart enough to know that they our rate's a point, point and a half higher than what the brokers are giving them. Mm-hmm. And um, so now we're having this this big uh, this big uh, issue where all the well not this issue it's a great thing all these um, loan officers are coming back to the broker channel. We had over three thousand loan officers come to the broker channel last year, eight percent growth of the number of loan officers in the channel in twenty eighteen. Which over the previous nine years before that there was zero growth. Last year we eight percent. This first quarter so far I haven't got the official number. We're personally this is one of our things that we do is help support loan officers that are transitioning to the broker channel. Right. We've had almost thousand loan originators that we've helped just this quarter. So, you know, to me, the reason why they're coming back is because here they're in a position where they can control their margins. There's mm-hmm. a cap on how much they can make. There's no layers. And the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts, like to me, the role is how do we protect loan originators and mortgage brokers? And brawl is one of the things. How do you protect them? You make sure that the people that are doing business with them aren't stealing their customers. How do you support them? Um, whether it's compliance, whether it's uh, legislative um, relief, whether it's uh, technology, whether it's um, advocacy, because people, consumers need to find out, how do I find a mortgage broker? Yeah. So those are the things that we're doing as an organization. Um, but more than anything, what I really wanted to accomplish is like, why does somebody work for one of these retail bankers? And when I really peeled away at the layers, what I realized is it's, well, you know, I have that market leader or that or that regional guy that kicks me in the butt, it keeps me motivated, keeps me, you know, getting after it. Right. I have that uh, motivation. I have they, they have you know events where we all get together and we talk about best practices. So when I went through the whole thing, it was like, oh, so all the things that the reasons why are have nothing to do with mortgages, have nothing to do with the day to day transaction piece. It was all about kind of like helping, like keep me motivated and focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to do with AIM is like, how can you know not me, but how can this organization bring people together in a organic way where there's not, you know, layers of financial uh, repercussions to it, but like, we're going to support each other. We're going to motivate each other. Last night I had a call at nine o'clock at night, a broker had called me and said, Oh, you know, I'm really down. I'm having a tough month. And it's like, you know, I got into work yesterday four a.m. And I was like, the last thing I want to do was hop on a call. I felt that I needed somebody to motivate me at that point. But <laughs> so I, I, I called the guy and we talked for you know a half hour and, and that's not sustainable. I can't do that for 40,000 people, right. but we're trying to create, you know, other people that can kind of be a part of that leadership yeah. be there for, for people. So it's, 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 you know, I'll use this word ecosystem. Um, and we'll talk about, um, arrive obviously in a few minutes, but you're, you're creating this, this ecosystem, if you will, or community, that's a supportive environment where, where brokers can go for support, for education, for, um, transition strategy, perhaps. Yeah. Mentoring transition. Mentoring. Strategy. Yep. I, I also think for more than anything, it's like, 
account, you know, the, the biggest thing is like how you behave with your consumer. I think one of the things mm-hmm. that I've seen is like a year ago, I would have brokers in our Facebook groups say something about, you know, something to do with uh, handling of a consumer. And, you know, the, the broker community would go there and say, hey, listen, no, 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 like, you know, they're purchasing a house. You have to, you know, they would kick in and tell them how to do it right. Yeah. And you see behavioral changes. And it's not that there's anybody that's bad or good. It's just that if you became a broker and you were never a broker before, you don't know what the good practices are. You don't know how to best support your customers, how to build processes and systems because you're, you were a salesperson most likely. So you were never a operations person. Yeah. So level of peer-to-peer support where nobody's actually making any money off of it. Like everybody's helping as a volunteer and just doing like a good deed. That's what really drives this whole thing is like yeah. giving without the expectation of return. Matt Ishbia from UWM says this all the time. And he's, you know, at Garden State Home Loans, we were one of their top brokers in the country. And I actually got to meet him and know him. And so I, I have a great deal of of um, you know respect and just admiration for the way he runs his business, right. but like he says that all the time, like give without the expectation of, return, of anything in return. And I remember he used to say that and he used to kind of roll my eyes, but now it's something I genuinely like. I firmly go through my life and just go do everything about because I look at it and it's like you know what I'm going to help this person right now, and I'll help them again tomorrow if they ask, and let's hope that one day, not that they're going to help me, but that they're going to help somebody. So that's one less person I have to help. So like yeah. right now, I, I started off, I had 40,000 people reaching out to me. Well, yeah. that's probably down to 25,000 because 15,000 are now getting help from other people that are a part of this network. Right. And I think that that's what's going to drive the ecosystem. And more than anything else, I think that's how we get to a sustainable right. profession in not just mortgage brokerage, loan origination. Like to me, the biggest thing is like the 300 basis point to 800 basis point margin is not sustainable technology, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Quicken, whether yeah, it's yeah. Better Mortgage, those companies will put a product or technology on the street that will eliminate the loan originator if we're trying to operate at those margins. Right. 100, 100 to 250 basis point margins, that can be sustainable. Um, and I even think it needs to be under 200 because realistically over time, um, you're going to have to be more competitive. But you know, uh, my big thing is that communication, collaboration, and nobody uh, doing anything for, you know, hey, I'm, I'm getting an override. That's why I'm helping you. No, I'm helping you because it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. The days of, uh, you know, back when we were doing the, uh, what the hell were those loans called? The, um, you know, the negative equity, th- oh, the coffee loans and all that kind of, remember those? Yeah. 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 Yeah, with the three-year hard pay option arms. Thank you. The three-year hard pay. And on people, I remember in my office, people were just like making decisions based on the fact that they had a three-year hard pay and they're getting the max points on that. I'm like, I did one of those and I just, you know, it's only because the realtor was a realtor and he knew exactly what that loan was all about. But other than that, I was just, I couldn't do that, right? Because I had the, the DNA of the long term. And, and you know what? That That's a great point. Um, and that's actually something like that. That was, uh, so I got into this in 2003 at 18 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. I've cut my teeth in that type of environment in a call center, lending tree, option arm, subprime, like, like I didn't learn the business uh, from a relationship standpoint. I learned it from a call center standpoint. Mm -hmm. And the the problem um, that I, you know, I was too young to know at the time, Mm -hmm. um, but by the time like the housing crisis happened five years later, I I got to learn the ramifications of bad practices and and stuff. So I had an awakening. I had like a total epiphany where for the first five years, it's like, yeah, you're making money. And economically for yourself, things are good. But if you aren't being an advisor, if you're not actually looking out for the best interest of the customer, A, people are going to get hurt. Um, B, 
you're not going to have sustainable business. So there's no referrals when you screw people over, where you don't look out for people. No. So post housing crisis, that's why I started Garden State Homeless. I said, you know what? I'm never going to work for somebody again. Mm-hmm. I am going to like that. I went into that environment. The people I respected at the time, because they taught me the business and they taught me how to make money. I lost all respect for it because I realized how bad of the leaders they were yeah. and how unfocused they were on customers. So Garden State Home Loans, our whole model was like, if the, we, A, only do what is right for the customer, we explain everything, massive mm-hmm. transparency. We never, we, you know, we had a thin uh, margin model and our whole focus was if the customer, it doesn't matter if the customer is right or wrong. If the customer even thinks we did something wrong, we're going to refund. If appraisal fee, they, they thought we were going to cover it or give them credit, we're going to, we're like, we're, well, the customer is always yep. going to be right. We're always going to do right by them. That's why um, as a company, we grew and we're successful. And that's in the broker community. I definitely think that that's what we're doing as a community right now. It's like, we're so focused on consumers that for the first time, it's not like, hey, how much are you making on this deal? It's all about, hey, what was the customer experience? You know, what's your strategy to get referrals or have them help, you know, champion you on social media to get into their network? Like, it's all about the long term now. So it's, it's, right it's, it's really fun to see the behavioral change. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So um, who do you think then in, in terms of, uh, you know, somebody um, listening and they've, you know, they've been at one of the, the banks for a while. Um, who's right for possibly considering being a broker and who's not? Well, I think I think it's. Um, it is, there's a couple of things that go into it because it's not just everybody should be a broker. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's a different model. So I think there's a couple of things. I think number one, understand that you can either start your own mortgage brokerage, mm-hmm. being a business operator, which, you know, that's something different. And, or you can go work for a mortgage brokerage. Right. And I think, I think what it comes down to is if you work for a bank and your entire business is predicated on a Jumbo product or a construction loans product or some type of product that's specific to that bank, well, if you want to be a broker because you want to expand your network or start a new network, you can, but just understand that any of that business that like you're focused on right now, all those customers and those realtors, if you can't do those products as a broker, because it's not a specific product that's out there, you probably, you know, that, that business isn't going to come with you. Like those referrals are specific to the products that that bank offers. So, you know, that's real. Right. Um, the next thing is if you're a, if you're a, a loan officer for a non-bank retail lender, you know, uh, whether it's a uh, guaranteed rate or a, you know, Loan Depot or one of these companies that have a distributed um, network, I think what you have to evaluate is a couple of things. I think, A, what you have to evaluate is what are you trying to accomplish? So if your sole goal is I want to be a relationship manager and I want to not be in the weeds of like my day to day, I need a lot of support, I need, um, you know, I need the marketing. I need all these different things that like these lenders do for you that creates that higher margin environment. Mm. Or I need MSAs or I need real estate relationships that, that are like financially backed by a lender. Then that's probably where you have to stay because realistically as a broker, A, brokers have a cap on margin. So, you know, it's, that's one thing I love about our industry. And I hate that NAM is trying to legislate or trying to advocate against raising the compensation. Um, is because I think having a cap is a good thing. I think, you know, brokers can't make more than 275 basis points. So with, with that said, it's one of those things that like, it's a transparency thing. Like we have to disclose our compensation. We can't make more than 275 basis points. So you're in a situation as a broker. If you get the worst deal from a mortgage broker, it's going to be at least hundred basis points better than the best deal that you get from a mortgage banker. So I think if you're coming into and you're saying I'm all referral, 
I don't do pay to play. I'm not paying realtors. I'm not paying anybody for referrals. I'm just, it's all organic relationship development, relationship business. I don't need a marketing arm. I don't need any, any type of crazy support uh, outside of my transactional support. And broker is going to be a really great model for you because you're going to be out the lenders at this point. UWM is a prime example. Caliber is a great example. These lenders are doing fulfillment at a better than retail experience. So like right now you have like UWM is closing $7 billion a month and, and rising wow. in, in loans on average 10 days or less. So you're talking about like retail, nobody's that fast and nobody's doing that kind of volume. You $7 billion a month, you're talking about $80 billion a year. That's the number one lender in the country buying. So like, mm. to me, I just look at it and say, you know, that's a good channel for you. Um, but for the guys that I, I would I would say that I should be concerned is if you're at a point in your career where you're, you're coasting, you like the support, mm. you're not customer, you're not necessarily focused on uh, giving your customer the best deal, then, you know, retail is probably a better model for you. But I will say one of the most, you know, the, the biggest argument that's out there right now really comes down to what I've been talking about on social media lately, which is VA loans. Like mm. the model is broken fundamentally, and it's been an eye-opening experience to understand that the way that retail lenders do their economics, and I've learned this from the people that run the retail banks, is they essentially know that they have to be competitive on conventional. They have to be within a quarter to three-eighths percent in rate on a conventional loan from what a broker's at. And the reason why is a doctor putting 20% down with a 740 credit score is not going to take a rate that's a half a point to 100 basis points higher than what they can get on bank rate or Zillow or from a broker. Right. So with that said, they, they try to stay as competitive as possible. And then on the government loans, they make up that margin. So basically what they do is they say, hey, we know on average our loan officers do 20 to 30% government loans. And we know on average those people are putting 5% or less down. And we know that those customers aren't going to be shopping around. So they really, really break up the margin huge there. So to me, I think that's an eye-opening thing for a lot of these retail loan originators when they see what a customer could get from a broker mm. and the fact that they could make the same or more being a broker, but giving the customer a hundred uh, a one point lower rate. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things where you have a moral dilemma. It's like, <laughs> are you doing what is truly right for the consumer? Well, a lot of a lot of people working in the uh, you know the the retail lending situation aren't even aware of that though. They are not aware. So it's, it's and that's the thing. It's not there. I, I actually look at it and say like I always tell people. These people come to me like, hey, why are you attacking me? I'm like, dude, I'm not attacking you. I'm right. attacking the model. I yep. think you're awesome. I think your customers think you're awesome. I think you, you if you're doing 10, 20, 30 million dollars a year in business, you've built a great business, and and I have a lot of respect for you. I know how hard it is to be do what mm. we do, loan originating. Right. So I have all the respect in the world for you, but you have to understand like the model is what's broken. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like your realtors refer you the customer, the customer trusts the realtor. So they don't shop around, they go to you. And when you do that loan for them, and it turns out that you have a, a veteran that is buying their first home and they're buying a house for $250,000. And basically the difference in that 1% in interest rate or that three quarters percent of interest rate the higher that you're giving them versus what you could be giving them is the equivalent of them buying that house for 20% more. So they, they're going to pay 20% more interest. So instead of it being a $250,000 house, now it's really a $300,000 house. So just like manufacture that into your thought process. And I've had people say, well, you know, I do well and you know, I'm comfortable. I'm like, I get it. I completely get it. But just understand, first of all, that model is not sustainable because eventually there's consumers yeah. going to find a, a better option. Right. More than anything, you're, if you truly look at yourself as an advisor, like, like, I'll give you a prime example. Customers would come to Garden State Home Loans for jumbo loans. 
mm-hmm. we were at a minimum at, you know, this from the big banks, and this is going back five years ago, four years ago, but at that time, we were about half a percent higher in rate mm-hmm. than a customer could get from JP Morgan or Bank of America, one of the big banks. So they would call in and our policy was this, and, and, and it, it's not that we are like, you know, just these, these, these holy rollers are just like, you know, good people or whatever. Um, these were for profit business, but like it was a half percent lower. And our whole thing was this is like, Hey, Mr. Customer, I could easily offer you this and maybe you wouldn't shop and maybe we would do the deal, make money on it, but we don't want to take the chance. Here's the five banks that we know. And this is the rates like that they offer. We're not a jumbo shop. Mm-hmm. Go there. And a lot of people tell you, like, no, you have to offer them the rate. And yeah, but my thing would be, what my experience is, is eventually people do shop and either they refi, you get an early payoff or they, or they mm. halfway through the process, they find that rate and they go with them anyway. Yeah. So it's just like massive transparency and just saying, Hey, this is what's best for the customer. Mm. And let me just refer them to that place. That's not where I'm going to do my, my best work. Well, and that's also knowing your lane too. Like if you weren't a jumbo shop, because uh, right. I deal with that all the time. People are like, you know, griping about how they can't compete on Jumbo. And I'm like, well, then find a different product niche. You know, like you said earlier, it's like uh, if your company doesn't it doesn't have the Jumbo product, but somebody else in the market does. That's a great, by the way, that's a great, um, you know, that's really being an advisor and putting your customer's interests ahead of yours. I've interviewed other people who have said that to customers. And, and that comes back to you, though, indirectly in different ways. Every time. Every time. I can tell you every single person I've done that for in... In my, in my market, in my history, I can understand loans. It's not that I lost that person as a referral. Like literally the person admired it so much that they still referred me to somebody because here's the truth is, and no, no offense to any bank loan officer, but they don't offer the same service that we do. It's, it's true that those guys are at 45 to 60 day closings. It's not an efficient process. They don't even try to pretend to be that. So like they're, they're, they know why the customers are coming to them. Like right. that's, that's the whole deal. They actually want the process to be longer. So they have more time to try to get checking accounts and all this other stuff. So just understand the service is not, you're not going to lose that customer. Yep. But to me, it's just understanding a knowing what you're good at, mm-hmm. but from a high level, like even right now, when I have my priorities list with any, and I talk to the team that's at arrive, I, I tell them like my number one goal for the mortgage broker channel is we have to get a competitive jumbo product to compete with those guys because brokers want that product. And that, you know, I've talked to a lot of banks, we're working on it. It's something that's in the works, mm-hmm. but like, again, until that happens, it's, yeah. hey, not a you know, financial advisor, he can do 529s, 401ks, he can do certain things, but you go to him and say, hey, I need uh, you know, a, a certain retirement product that he doesn't specialize in, he's going to send you to a specialist. Like, exactly. like, understand, you can be a specialist and not do everything. You don't have to be a jack of all trades. Absolutely. Great point. All right. That's, that's actually a nice little good coaching session there. So let's do this. Let's transition and talk about ARRIVE. Uh, another acronym, I suppose? Tell us. No. No acronym. <laughs> Tell us uh, what Arrive is all about, man. But there's only uh, one R in Arrive, so it's cool. There's only yeah, so it's A R I V E. Yep. So everybody's like, you spelled Arrive wrong. Like, no, it's, that's a cool thing to do these days. Yeah, that's that's like the end thing. Uber, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so you know, the, the, this was an idea um, that basically at Garden State Home Loans, our whole thing was. Uh, after we closed our record month in 2016, August 2016, we had a record month. We closed 300 units, 308 units for $110 million in volume. Wow. And we're a small company. We we're a 38-person company. So we were doing on a, on a per-loan basis. That's volume that is literally unheard of. Yeah. Um, and after that month, 
literally, I walked in the office on the September 1st and I walked around the office and, you know, I, I look at my processors and you would think like, we just closed the record month. People are going to be like, this pounding, high five, like everybody's happy as hell. Um, people look beat up. People look yeah. broken because it was an exhausting to close it. It was hard. And I pushed everybody to the max so we could actually have a record month. Mm. So um, people were broken up. So what I realized is that the current broker model, as of that time, we were one of the most efficient operations in the industry, in the broker channel. Mm -hmm. And unless you throw bodies at it, it wasn't going to work. So what it really came down to is how do we connect the broker at this time? It was broker with our wholesale lenders. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we worked with um, UWM. They offer a point of sale called Blink all their brokers. And we took that application and we integrated with our sales force. And that little bit of connectivity, that just one little bit of connectivity created massive efficiency. Like I'm telling you, it took 25% of the data entry redundancy off of our shop. Mm -hmm. So when I saw how like a little bit of connectivity created all this efficiency and automation, I was like, man, brokers, if they actually had a connected experience from origination through closing, Man, if we at that time we had eight percent market share on the broker channel, I was like, just organically they could probably double their volume, yeah. um, and that's kind of where Arrive came into play. It's like, hey, what we need to do is we need to have a, a a third party decentralized system where instead of the brokers logging into every one of the lenders' portals and manually bringing their data into the lenders' portals, if we had a broker portal where the broker, you know, in you know, in, let's say in Compass, hypothetically, they have a cloud experience, which our experience is all going to be Salesforce driven. They have a cloud experience where all the lenders are building the piping to the broker portal. And now the data is coming back in live time. The rate sheets are, the, the pricing is coming back in live time. The document um, delivery, it's not being manually uploaded. It can be shot over in live time. So that's where the concept uh, came from. And essentially what I did is I went lender by lender. And I told them about the concept. I went over all the areas where, A, I believed it would help brokers from an efficiency, automation, business growth, because CRM, staying in front of your customers, all those things it would create. And I went lender by lender. I started with UWM because UWM is the number one lender in the country. And without their support, honestly, I don't think you can do really anything of, of large scale. So, you know, again, going back to the do what's right mentality, give without the expectation of return, I explained it um, to UWM. And Matt Ishbia was like, Brokers need that. Like first thing is like brokers need that. And it's funny because the follow-up stuff I got was a lot of people from other lenders were like, wait, why would UWM integrate with an external platform? They have the best technology in the business. Like everybody uses them because their platform is so good. So like everybody else is like, oh, this is great. UWM, they're, you know, they're, they're going to give away their competitive advantage by integrating with Arrive. This is the difference in the mindset. Like to me, this is all about that mindset. It's like, one guy is saying, I want to do what's best for my customer. Everybody else is looking at like, oh, this is how we, you know, this is how we beat our competitor. And it's like, it's just these things that make my eyes pop where I'm like, when I present to everybody, they should be like, this is what's best for brokers. I present to people and they're like, oh, this is how we beat those guys. And again, that's, that's just the, the false mentality. But um, at the end of the day, we got eight lenders uh, to uh, adopt and integrate with the platform. We had over a hundred lenders actually um, inquire to be integrated with the platform. But one of the things you realize is when you're building a decentralized platform with lenders and banks, um, it's, this has never been done before. There's a lot of security. There's a lot of work. It's very, very expensive to do it. Every lender, the cost to actually get a lender integrated to the platform is probably about a half a million dollars. So, you know, eight lenders, that's, you know, that's, that's $4 million right there. So, 
Um, it's it's uh, you know it's something that has been under uh, has been being worked on for you know almost a year. And uh, next Monday, so on April first, we have our first large scale group of brokers coming on. We're going to start bringing on brokers on a weekly basis. But here's what I tell people: it's you know, Arrive is going to be a digital mortgage broker platform. It's it's your um, your CRM, it's your LOS, it's your products and pricing engine. But over time, what we hope it's going to end up turning into be is it's going to be a fully open source system. So, hey, listen, like we arrives not meant to sit there and be the technology of the broker community. Like it's not going to be, hey, Encompass says, oh, we, you know, we're we're it. This is all this is all there is to it. And the problem with that is when the technology gets bad or gets outdated, you get lost. Like you you, you fall behind. So my whole thing is we just want to be the connection. Okay, we want to bring connectivity from consumer to broker to lender. And then open source and start bringing in best-in-class technology. So, hey, listen, if um, Total Expert, if Velocify, if somebody has a better piece that they can integrate to help brokers be better transaction agents, then great. We're going to be open source. Let's 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 allow this to be completely open. So, best-in-class technology will win. So, it's really more of a marketplace than anything. Um, but it's been challenging. I'll, I'll be straight with you. It's, you know, it's one of those things where getting the lenders on board, these are huge financial commitments that they had to make, was a challenge. Um, it's uh, from a training and, you know, brokers have been using the same technology for almost uh, 25 years. They've all been using Calix. Yeah. So getting the proper training, getting the support in place to help them transition, but also support them when they get on the platform, like that's been a challenge. So there's a, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, but like to me, everybody that is uh, on the inside, all of our beta users, our pilot users, everybody says the same thing. It's like, it's, it's not only what it is today, it's what it's going to be a year from now, two years from now, they see where the roadmap is going. Yep. And it's it, it's exciting because the way I truly do look at Arrive, what, what it's going to do is it takes away the last barrier for a retail originator to become a broker. It really does. Because if you're a retail originator today and you work for a company that has connected technology, LOS, underwriting the whole thing, you look at a broker model and you're like, hey, I know I can make more money over there. I know I can get better rates to my customers, but I got to manually export a 3-2 and then import it there. And then I have to manually bring my conditions over and manually, like, they're like, dude, I'm not doing that. Like, I'll sell the higher rates. I'll do the extra work. Like, I'm not, I'm not going that mile. So when people see Arrive, they're like, okay, you've just essentially, you know, created a mechanism where you can be an independent one-man loaner chair working from your home. And it's like the same thing as being a retail owner or working for the biggest, you know, for guarantee rate or something like that. So back to the balls thing, man. Yeah, you definitely got them. I mean, because this is a huge undertaking to create this unbelievable, you know, platform. I'm looking at all the elements of Arrive. Like you, just to recap for anybody listening, as a Salesforce integrated CRM, right? Uh, point of sale experience for your borrowers, LOS software that interfaces with underwriters, processors, funders, closers. So what you would expect with an LOS, bringing you know these lenders all under one roof to make it easy to look at pricing and offers and stuff. And, yeah, pr- products and pricing engine. That's a big one. Right. That's that's huge. I mean, that's just so huge because I can remember that from the broker days. And then of course community, which is a huge element of that as well, because the yes. networking, brainstorming, and ultimately, like you said, man, for those that 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 the broker model might be something right for them, and it's not right for everybody, like we said. Um, now you've got like you're empowered and you're equipped to actually have perhaps your own business uh, or to make that shift if you're looking for that different model uh, and not leave. All that security of the yeah, exactly the security uh, and, of the big bank. And, and, and the one thing I do say is like if you think about Airbnb, like. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many landlords 
have been created because of Airbnb. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. But think about it. Yeah. Airbnb is, I mean, it is where people go to yeah. this property and yeah. to find properties to rent. So like, to me, I look at it and I say like five years ago, there was no Airbnb. Okay. That didn't exist. The only way to be a landlord was to buy properties, have a realtor listed, have a management company. Like that's what you did. That's a marketplace now. And that's changed the entire economics of the way things are done. Individuals, like I, I have a one of our, uh, our uh, video production person, Nicole Piranha, she's in the process of listing her property for sale. She said, what, what should I do? Should I get a realtor and list it? Should I you know, put it on Airbnb? And just the fact that she, as a first-time person that's going to you know, list her property, that Airbnb is now like one of the, it was just one option. Now there's two options. It just goes to how fast things can change. So I look at Arrive and I say, I get the way that some because a lot of retail guys are like, well, I, you know, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Yes, it's going to be that big of a deal. And the reason why it's going to be such a big deal is that you only compete with brokers right now on X amount of business. Right. But the minute that all those efficiencies are made and they no longer have to sit there and babysit their loans, do all that manual work, and all of a sudden people are growing and scaling their businesses instead of just trying to maintain it, mm. um, it changes the economics. They're going to be able to, they're going to be in your realtor's office. They're going to be looking <laughs> for those deals. And, and when they're able to sit there and tell their realtors, like, hey, listen, I, me and uh, your, your other guy here that's in the office that you send business to out, we're a half a point lower, we're three quarters of a percent lower, or we're giving that customer a bigger credit, whatever it is. Once the, that value proposition is made, you have to understand like that's going to force you to yeah. do something else. Whether you become a broker or you leave the business, that's going to force you to do something. So to me, it's like, it, it's going to be a big game changer. Um, and I, I would say five years from now, whether, or, again, other people might steal the idea. I mean, again, it's been, it, once it came out, everybody said the same thing. Why hasn't this ever been done? This is the most brilliant thing in the world. Well, <laughs> guess what? Arrive might be the one that brings it to market. Some other company might come along and build a better mousetrap with connectivity. And that's fine. At the end of the day, I personally only care about driving down the uh, what the consumer is getting, the interest rate and the fees, driving down the cost to originate a mortgage and creating an empowered originator. So to me, like if you put the originator in a position where they don't need all this infrastructure and they can give the consumer the best deal, well, guess what? Mortgage a loan origination professional will be around in 50 years, okay? Because now you're in a position where a loan originator has a fixed cost model with all the efficiencies that they need to be able to do loans at the thinnest of thin margins. So if they're competing against uh, an Amazon mortgage or a Zillow mortgage that's only making you know, $1,000 on a loan, hey, I'll do a loan for $1,000 or I'll do a loan for $2,000. Because if you don't have to do any work past application because you have that connectivity, well, now you're in a business where you do 50 applications a month. So yeah. like to me, it's understanding not what the environment is today. It's understanding that 10 years from now, when Zillow, when Amazon are our competitors, that you're going to have to operate at a thinner margin level. And you're going to have to change the, uh, the economics of the way your business models ran today. It's going to be more volume-based. And in that environment, you're going to need best-in-class technology. And that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Hmm. Well, that's a whole, that's a very interesting conversation, perhaps for another session about uh, uh, technology-based, you know, volume-based uh, business uh, going up against those big boys. Okay, so let's do this for the time we have left. Uh, there's a couple of events coming up for um, you that I want to make sure our listeners are aware of. The first one is in Fort Lauderdale. You do, you do these awesome workshops across the country. I was at the one at Irvine. There was like, what, eight, 900 uh, originators in the room. But who's counting? That's awesome. So the one in Florida is coming up. uh, When is that? 17th of April, I believe. 
Yeah, so April 17th, we're in Fort Lauderdale yeah. uh, at the Diplomat Hotel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's our, we, we've, we haven't done any uh, events on the East Coast yet. And this will be our first one. We're really excited about it. It's a smaller venue. We're only expecting probably like six to 700 people. Um, but we're excited. We have a huge, um, a huge uh, number of brokers that are in Florida. We have a huge number of retail owner engineers that are in transition to brokerages in Florida right now. So we're really excited about the, uh, about the event. Awesome. And then the next event you've got coming up, which is later in the year in October, looks like you're, I don't know, is this your like big coming out party or what? Uh, you're calling this uh, Fuse. Is that the name of the event? Yeah. So, so last year was our first Fuse event. We did it. That's okay. where we announced Arrive. Um, this year we have um, Gary D. We have uh, Ryan Serhan from Million Dollar Listings. Uh, they're both going to be uh, speakers at the event. It's going to be a big event. We're, you know, last year we had 1,300 people come to the event. Wow. We're hoping to have over 2,500 this year. Um, it's at the Bellagio Hotel on October 12th, and uh, we expect there to be a lot of uh, technology announcements. We expect uh, a lot of the lenders that we work with are planning on making their big announcements. So it's actually kind of transitioning from like a industry conference to more of like a, hey, this is every, like the, all the lenders right now are sitting there saying, hey, we're, we're going to bring in our big offering for the following year, whether it's a new product that they're doing, whether it's a service offering that they're going to offer brokers or technology, like everybody's competing on, hey, this is where we present to the broker community what our new value prop is next year. And, and we're ready to offer it. So it's, it's actually really exciting. It really is to, oh, to yeah. how they're approaching it. So I want to make it clear for everybody listening, we'll put links to all these events in the show notes because the registration for the Fuse event in Vegas in October is open now. And I'm pretty confident you're going to sell out, you know, yes. uh, so I would advise you to go in and get there, get your ticket now. I'm definitely going to be there because it's only like 20 minutes from my house. So why not? <laughs> um, but anytime you get a chance to so see those two keynote speakers, get around this incredible community you're building of loan officers and, you know, what's happening, this movement that's taking place, man. Uh, that's awesome. So I and just one last thing I would yeah, say on the side is this, is that, you know, a lot of people like, Hey, listen, the way I look at it is if you're a retail loaner agent right now and you're curious, like, mm-hmm. you're just like, I, I see this model. I'm curious, but like, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a position where, Hey, if I reach out to somebody, I spend time with them. Like you feel bad saying no, come to an event. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just be an observer. Yep. You're going to get six hours of content in the event in Florida. We're doing a two hour training on arrive. Um, you're going to hear from Matt Ishbia, head of C, uh, CEO of UWM. You're going to hear from Phil Shoemaker, the head of HomePoint Financial. You're going to hear from me. Hmm. So, like, you're going to be able to hear from all these broker channel industry leaders. You're going to hear from all of see our product offering from a technology standpoint and kind of get a vibe from all of the brokers because it's very peer to peer focused right. on what's going on, what issues are we dealing with, how are we tackling them. And just experience it. You, you, your name tag is just going to say your name on it. It's not going to say uh, John Doe from this mortgage company. Like, come observe it. Because in Irvine, uh, at our last event, we had over 200 retail loan engineers come to the event. And every single one of them, I'm telling you, every single one of them, when I, through the, throughout the day, as I shook hands and, and, and talked to them about, like, hey, what do you think? How, you know, how do you feel about the event? Everybody said the same thing. Like, geez, this has been eye-opening. Like, yeah. am I going to go be a broker tomorrow? No, but like, this was a thing that was just like, hey, I just want to you know, scratch the surface on it. It's like, this is a real model. This is a, a great platform. And I'm genuinely looking to take the next step. So I say just come out. It costs nothing to come and be an attendee and just experience it. 
Yep, 100%. And I have to concur with that, by the way, uh, when I was in the room in Irvine, because I had a short stint at a brokerage, and then I left and went to Countrywide and other banks for most of my 10 years. But um, it was, yeah, it was eye-opening, educational, and it's this, it's none of this, you know, us versus them thing. It's yeah. this total welcoming community that we all, you know, everybody just wants everybody to do well, right, and, and, and take the path that's going to get us there. It ultimately serves the customer. So I think you got a good vibe going with these events, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. So as I said, we're going to put links in the show notes. Anything, any other means of connection if people want to reach out to you? Any suggestions how they should contact you? I would say the only uh, the only other thing is, uh, so aimgroup.com, yep. uh, A-I-M-E group.com. You have it on your shirt there. I appreciate you wearing it. That's uh, right, baby. Board <laughs> it right here. Get the mic out of the way. I yeah. <laughs> was hoping you'd wear it. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, you know, aimgroup.com uh, is, is our website. If you just want to, you know, kind of take a look at what's going on there. Um, if you are a loan originator looking to become a broker, one of the things I recommend is there's a beamortgagebroker.com. So B-E-A mortgagebroker.com is a website. It's a platform that UWM rolled out, which basically they created a group uh, within their organization. They're not salespeople. They're strictly support people. And all they do is if you just want to call and understand compliance, licensing, anything about becoming a broker, they answer your questions, 100% confidentiality. They won't like your posts on social media. They won't friend request you. They're very discreet. Um, but that's a way where if you might be intimidated by reaching out to AIM or you might be intimidated about you know, reaching out to another mortgage broker, you can do it very discreetly. And again, at the end of the day, I just you know, our whole goal is uh, for people to know about their options, whether it's consumers, mortgage brokers, or real estate agents, optionality is very important. Absolutely. hundred percent. Listen, man, I know you are super busy and I appreciate you carving out time for today. And I think that listeners, this has been eye-opening for them, educational. Uh, dig into the show links and everything so you can further your investigation, your engagement with the whole AIM community that's happening. Anthony, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing you on the next event. Yeah, for sure, man. And listeners, as always, we thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, let us know. You know how to do it. Give us love out on the socials and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months 
And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.